that old man? You want a piece of me? Do I feel like it? What do you think? I love the smell of red gum in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger potion. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love beats never having to say you're sorry. You do? You shoot your eye out, kid. I answered. And don't call me so. There's no crying in baseball! This is long, bitch. Hey, the Schwartz baby! I am the father. Get you, my pretty. Take your sticking paws off me. May the force be with you. Here's Johnny. What's up, film fans? How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, joined by Ed. Hey, what's up, folks? Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing all right so far. How about yourself? Man, I was doing uberly fantastic until i had to watch this god awful sequel to the friday the 13th movies i mean you know it can't be that bad come on now no it's pretty bad it's so bad that we're also joined here by mark mark how are you doing there some bright spots about it <laughs> so mark how, how are you doing i'm doing well doing well it's been a yeah, interesting summer good so good the house, but at the same time uh Trying to watch some films. It's uh, uh unsuccessful. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to talk about um, this movie that we're talking about today. For those of you that are just now joining us, or if this is your first episode, this is our bonus episodes. You know, every Thursday we cover uh, whether it be a twenty-four series or Friday the Thirteenth. We are now on uh, part nine. Jason goes to hell. The final Friday. So these are just, you know, our, our little bonus episodes. They're usually about 40, 45 minutes, and we don't have any segments. We don't have any, uh, any we don't read the email bag. We just dig straight into the movies. So that's what we're going to be doing here today. Um, like I said, at the top of the hour, joined with Ed and Mark. Um, a look back, though, Ed, we had part eight last week, Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a, uh, I would say that's almost Dances with Wolves compared to Jason Goes to Hell. Dances with wolves. Okay. I, okay. I, I, and I know you know this is new territory for us here at this podcast because I never trash on a movie almost the entire episode. But guys, I had a really really hard time with this movie. This is definitely my least favorite in the entire franchise. Um, Mark, we'll start with you. Fond memories of Jason Goes to Hell, or in in a, in a few short words. You know, what did you think when this movie was over? Well, see, here it is. It's, it was not my best, I'll tell you this. It had some interesting and fun moments. But it, the, the turn was just like like saying, you know, it's like a WTF. Where did they get the storyline from here? Um, yeah, obviously, part eight was abysmal. Um, the only thing bright spot about it was the fight on the roof. But going back to, again, I'm digressing, but part nine was just, um, I think they were trying to give it some kind of way of saying goodbye with uh, to the fans to say with, it was like a vision or of Jason. And uh, it, it was, again, it was not my top five. It was not even my top, you know, least. It, it was really, it was probably on the bottom next to Manhattan. Um, the, the only bright spot about it was one of the one or two of the stars that were in it, which I appreciated. And just you know, being a fan of pop culture, but also at the same time, just um, I don't know if you've noticed John DeLamay, uh He was on Friday Thirteenth the series, Mm-mm. and I, it was on for a couple of years already. And having him in the movie, I said, "Wow, that's that's pretty cool. I like that." Um, but it didn't help the story, obviously. What about, so, what, what about you, Ed? Do you, in a short, shoot, in a few short words for you, you know, we've covered these, this franchise for the last nine weeks. What is, I, I, I'm lost for words with this movie. What do you think about it? I mean, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like three season of the witch. 
Halloween, but way worse. Because you don't get much of the actual killer. And, I mean, I guess that's not really here nor there with the Jason franchise or the Friday the 13th franchise, for that matter. Just because, like, Jason isn't usually in more than a half hour of footage anyways. But uh, this one, you get this weird, like, worm creature thing crawling into other people and melting the hell out of some people. And it's a hard watch. So, I mean, there's that. But at the same time, it, it, it I don't know. I mean, kind of like what Mark is saying, you know, you, you even get, you know, a real life shot of Kane Hodder as one of the security guards. So that's kind of cool to see him. That's true. Out of garb and all that. He even looks straight at the camera and says, yeah, he's a big old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then gets Merc right, what, like less than five minutes later and all that. So, But, but yeah, let's let's dig into it for just a little bit. Rotten Tomatoes uh, has this at 16%. IMDb has it at 4.2. And then the Metascore is 17%. The budget was $3 million, but it did gross a little over $16 million at the box office with a August 13th, 1993 release date. Um and the synopsis is really simple. Serial killer Jason Voorhees' supernatural origins are revealed. And pretty much by that, um, I'll get you guys' opinion on the opening scene. You know, you have the live bait, if you will, with the um, – I don't know her name. I don't know if her, her name was meant to be you know, shown or, or not, but I think it's she's played by um, the FBI agent, right? Elizabeth Marcus yes. at the beginning. Um, the very voluptuous live bait who uh, pretty much was the live bait to capture Jason. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he he fell for the bait. And then you had the entire SWAT team just come up and open fire. I don't know if it was the Scream Factory box set, but, Ed, you're watching it on another box set. Did you hear the groans and the moans of yes. Jason when he when they were shooting at him? Yeah, you still did. Yeah. So it, some of it, I don't know, it kind of almost, uh, you, were, you were waiting on words or something like that from him. You were waiting on that. But, yeah, no, you could hear all the little murmurs, basically. And that's kind of the first time that you really get that from this. What about you, uh, Mark? Did you did you enjoy any of the grunting from Jason in this opening scene? Again, this is something I haven't seen in a long time, but I saw it in the theaters, you have to remember. So if there was any grunting that was going on, there were people in the theater. Nice. Uh, but it was more of a groan, uh, I, I honestly think, because I, I, I enjoyed the – it was really a cold opening when you think about it. It was something that was very unpredictable. They did not. I think the closest that they ever did something like this was, um, if you if you really want to go back to um, some of the early, you know, the early ones, if you think about it, uh, where like there was never anything like this, where they just had a cold opening where there was just okay, you had no idea what was going on. Okay, there was it was that chasing. It was not a final girl. She was the first girl, and you, you didn't even know. Again, you didn't know if it was a setup. Um, and I just, I, I, not the quote, but the thing is, it was just, it was, I, I think they were making an attempt to just capture that audience in the first five to ten minutes. But then it fell flat. But since, I mean, because this, this episode is going to be pretty much just a, a hashing, if you will, of this movie. You know, me and Ed have been going... Me and Ed have been going through this franchise for like, like I said, the last nine weeks. Um, what is Friday the Thirteenth as, as just as a franchise to you? Did you, you say you, did you buy and purchase? Do you have the the Screen Factory box set? I had both, uh, both of, I had both Screen Factory, but I also had the one that came out before the tin. Um, but and I've been again, I've been meaning to watch it. Just it's been it's been a little real rough. <laughs> again, been busy doing a lot of stuff like you. Uh, we will have our busy moments, but I do been wanting to go into it, delve into it even more so. But, you know, when you, uh, again, one of the things I will mention is that uh, I think it was Frank Caruso is one of the producers. Is that my correct? Yeah. And this is my memory. Frank Caruso, when you think why it was being mystical, again, coming back from Friday the 13th series, they knew how popular that was. Um, and they were trying to, he was, developing an anthology 
with that series without Jason, obviously. And Jason's uh, of all the, uh, listen, I, I like Freddie, I like uh, Michael, but Jason is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and I think that's what their attempt was. And again, digressing back to what you were talking about, Season of Witch, that was the original intention for Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, just to let you know, just digressing, and we could talk about another time. Yeah, yeah so, they, they, so they were going to do the same thing with the Friday series, but that's what they originally did with the Friday the 13th TV series, though, right? Were they trying to do a film anthology with that as well? That that was, no, that was a TV, it was a TV series for three, uh, three seasons, but they wanted to do without Jason. What they were attempting to do is showing how unlucky it was about Chris Dyers. So I, I, I and again, I, I believe, and this has been from articles I've read and from my own thoughts um, and various uh, um, people I spoke with, is that Friday Thirteenth, uh, the Jason Lives was to show there was something that was driving. You know, someone like this just kept on coming back and back. There, there had to be something else going on here, and I think that was that attempt to say, okay, what if Jason was uh, okay? You know, it was not really Jason that was behind the wheel. Um, there was a there was a there was a uh, there was a movie called The Hidden back in 1986. Very similar story lines if you think about it. It was it was a it was a, a creature, an alien presence that took over bodies and it wasted bodies and then just went on to jump onto another body. Uh, but this was uh, a totally uh, malignant. It was evil, completely evil. It was the total package. Um, but it was again, it was just it, it, and then they tried tying in everything else, you know, with uh, who was his father <laughs> and all that. Uh, I think they tried to attempt to close out the story. Because, yeah, they uh, actually even. With everything else. I was about to say, they actually even mentioned, you know, Elias and Pamela Voorhees were his parents, which is the first time we ever hear anything about another parent other than Pamela, of course. Uh, and that was mentioned, you know, in, in passing to the niece of Jason, apparently. So, so I'm going to ask you guys about this, and you guys can be truthfully honest with me. Am I being too rough on this movie? Because. This is literally the worst of the franchise that I've seen so far. And I've seen them multiple, multiple times. But this is for some reason the one that I just, I have a hard time sitting through. Uh, the You know, I'm not saying I want an Oscar-worthy performance. It's Friday the 13th. I know you're not going to get that. I mean, I enjoy the hell out of like shit like the Human Centipede or, you know, Freddy uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 dealing with Jesse and... Oh, you know, we all know what you enjoy, you know. Right, stuff like that. But for some reason, Part 9, the final Friday, I just cannot get through my, my skull. It just, it's just not my cup of tea. And I've got on record saying that this is probably one of the worst horror movies that I've ever seen. Well, I mean, it kind of goes in with number four as well. You know, uh, that one wasn't that great. And I, I kind of agree, you know, Manhattan. No, no, I enjoyed you know, four. Or five, five is five, five is the one where somebody else was under the mask. Yes, five. Sorry about that. But but nine to me, I mean, I don't know if it's just. And this is truly the. This is the this is the first Friday movie that's under the New Line Cinema name, right? Correct. So I don't know if New Line just wanted to come in and just completely hashtag and retake everything over and do the final Friday. The only positive note, and this is a big spoiler, the movie has been out for over 30 years, but the big surprise, the big you know, goose egg at the end is Freddy Krueger's glove coming out from underneath the ground and taking the mask and pulling the mask under the sand. That's literally the only positive thing to me about this movie. Well, I mean, I, I think the reason you called that a goose egg is because it took 10 plus years to get the actual Freddy versus Jason. So I mean, it yeah, was, you know, it was, it was it was definitely ten. It was ten to twelve years, but it, it you know, in in defense of the final Friday, I honestly still think that uh, part eight is worse than part nine. Um, again, you know, we all appreciated the the way the storyline was. It just again, it deviated. Same way, for example, when you look at again. Season of Witch, or if you want to go to uh, 
Freddy, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, sorry, uh, for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, a lot of people did not appreciate it. But lately, people that's been gathering a lot of, if you, if you really delve into Part 2, it's not as bad as, let's say, Part 5. No, no, no. Okay. I, I could agree with that. Part two of, Fri- of Nightmare on Elm Street has definitely started like gathering some almost pop culture status over the last few years because of the documentaries that have, that people have covered about it. And I know for sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about it probably next year on this podcast. But yeah, um, I don't know. And you know, I didn't even really get or I didn't mind the supernatural spirits going from person to person. It just. Some of it was some of it was just off to me. I know the dialogue is not like I said. I'm not expecting a Quentin Tarantino written dialogue, but uh, some of the dialogue to me just didn't make any sense. And then the score just it was like I said. I don't know if it was because New Line Cinema took over, but uh, and it all started with the doctor or the morgue, uh, the person who was getting ready to perform the autopsy, just eating the heart, and that was just so off to me. It was so awful. Him watching there just eating the heart, and then. Kind of reminds you of a uh, uh, Game of Thrones a little bit right there, with uh, Khaleesi eating the Game of uh, or the uh, heart, the horse heart for that matter. Um, I've got to say I didn't mind that. It, it, I can kind of see like you know I mean I didn't find it like cool like oh let's just eat some random dead dude's heart that's just happens to be a really famous serial killer like. You know, because they even go on record and they say, oh, he's got 83 kills and all that over a, what, 40-year period of time or something like that. Um, Mark, what did you what did, yeah. what did you kind of think? You you said you like eight or you dislike eight more. What were some of the... I, I just felt that eight was just a... Uh, was, uh, again, the only thing I like about eight is the, the one kill that was on the roof. It was the fight scene. It was I, I, I laugh every time I watch that scene. Um, but I, I just ate eight was just a totally useless, um, it, it just listen from a person that was raised in New York and that New York scene was definitely not New York. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's one of the negatives I had last week when we talked about it. I was like, you didn't get enough. I mean, for it to be called Jason takes Manhattan, they were only in the city for about maybe 20 minutes. If that, Even. and I was like, I was like, it would have been pretty cool to see Jason go through like a big, uh, a big New York-like city hospital, or spend a little bit more time on the subway, or even you know, uh, in, in Times Square, just ripping it up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that well, would that, be cool. The scene where they were talking, where where he was being, um, when he went through the gang over there, uh, that was supposed to be that was supposed to be Times Square. Yeah, when it, it was, it was just <laughs> no way it was. <laughs> I, you know, I when I watch these movies, I used to watch. I originally watched these movies originally in the theater. I, a friend of mine and I, we we, we always went on that first weekend. Man, I'm I'm um, so jealous to hear you say that right now, though, because like, you know, I, I was born in '90, so the only one that I got to experience in theater was Jason X, which we're going to talk about next week. So I was uh, I, I'm so jealous of getting that experience of those movies in a in a big time theater. Like I just. That's one of the – if I could go back and do anything, I, those would be some of the – even though to me like now if you look at them, they're kind of – you know, they're not the best of movies, but those are just – those are classic childhood memories for me. I don't know yes. I don't know why an eight-year-old is watching those kind of movies, <laughs> but I mean you know, I got introduced to them to a really, really young age, and to me that's just what horror movies are. Well, in the same way, it's any kind of genre, whatever genre it is, it, just, it, was, it was fantastic time for movies. Um, you know, if you take a look back, not just on this, I know we're digressing quite a bit, but there were certain movies during certain times. Uh, 1982, for example, was a fantastic year of movies. Okay. Uh, same thing with 84, 85. But when you go back to look at Fred, uh, Friday the 13th and each of the storylines, they, it was like a continual storyline. And it stopped for well, but part five, which, okay, it had some decent moments. Part six was fantastic. And then part seven was intense. And I, I, and I was not on, on uh, the podcast with part seven, but I enjoyed part seven. I did. Uh, you know, I, I, I felt that it was that beginning of showing, okay, it was a continuation from six and it showed something other than campers. Um, but That's I true. Just, I thought that would have been great if they ended with seven, really, honestly. 
but when eight came out and you have this other okay he's getting out and then how it ended come on it's it, it like so from part eight to part nine how much time has elapsed there's nothing to indicate how long it was because part eight ended him being what human a, a child right yeah you could say that his his uh his uh memories kind of drowned it away if you will correct so how much time did actually elapse between part eight and part nine and that is something i have not seen or maybe i'm missing no this no no i agree this part nine really does feel like it's its own kind of film and i and i i'm wanting to say it's because of the whole new line the cinema thing um but yeah to me nine just feels off whether it's the story or you know jason's was his niece in this one Part nine, the reason why New Line, did, again, that, and that ties in with the whole thing with your time, uh, Freddy Krueger. Part nine, uh, New Line Cinemas was, that's Freddy's home. Okay? Paramount, uh, that was the whole thing. Paramount was giving, not giving up the rights, but they shared rights with New Line with that. And that's why they were able to get Freddy towards the end. Okay? Um, and obviously, Freddy versus Jason was New Line. So it was not because they took over. I don't think it had anything to do with the production company. It just I think it was just a horrible, horrible way of there, there was no, there was nothing to explain what happened at eight to nine. And every story, think about this: uh, that way one ended, two ended, three ended. There was always a continuation. You knew where it left off. Even with between four and five, you knew where it was leading off. Even between five and six. Nothing to show from eight to nine how much time elapsed. Did well, his sins act what? We don't know. Yeah, well, technically they didn't do that at the beginning of part eight either because part eight just you know starts off with the whole New York City vibes and the, the song and the music and the 80s theme. That's how eight started off too, so it really kind of died with seven. Part eight, okay, so part of it. Um, I, I think I beg if I... Again, part eight I haven't seen in a while, but the thing is, I very do recall it was he was still at the end. Of, he was at the bottom of the ocean. They and they still had some slight. Um, they did. He did rise up. Yeah, yeah, he was at the bottom of the ocean at the beginning of eight. But I'm just talking about there was no like uh, um, sequences letting you know what happened in part seven. How how the other one started off. Right, but it's still correct. But it still had some kind of continuation. Is that there was nothing to show how this happened. Did they just say, oh, well, he, you know, he was, did they just say, okay, that nothing ever happened? Or did they just say, okay, he's been a mass murderer, he's been killing campers for the last 40 years, and nothing ever happened from 5, 6, 7, 8? I don't know. Because, I mean, the main thing that actually happened with 8 and 9, like, 8 ended with him drowning in the toxic sludge in the gutters and all or the uh, underground sewers but then nine just opens up and he's just cool and he's calm and he's just walking in the woods and you know i i agree on that and i see your point on that one definitely because uh, literally that's that's exactly how it ends and it starts because we just watched eight last week and then we've watched nine roughly in the past couple days uh so i mean there is that definitely uh you know it, i mean yeah in before he either comes up from a grave or comes up from like uh, the the lake or something like that. Uh, to where in this he comes up from the uh, basically out of nowhere and just gets shot up like like Johnny said gets shot up by like fifteen SWAT officers basically. Yeah, he he, he, he pretty much shows back up at Camp Crystal Lake. Right, and you know with the with the Julia Michaels playing her character, uh, she goes ahead and runs off and you know, freaking Olympic sprints to the, to the team and they all just open fire. Let me, let me ask you that guys that after, you know, after Jason shows up and he gets swarmed by the SWAT team and then, you know, the heart gets eaten. What did you guys think of Duke? The, uh, the bounty hunter. Ed, 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 we'll start with you. I actually thought Duke was all right, but I mean, it was a bit of a cheesy part, you know. It was like he was almost trying to play like a Clint Eastwood or. I thought of I, I thought of when I saw Duke, um, and I'm not just saying because he was African American, but I thought of like Blade, because oh, like you know he's a, a vampire hunter. I was thinking of maybe he could be like a you know 
Fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Uh, Mark, what did you think about? Yeah, it was. He was just a man obsessed. It was similar. Yeah. He. Uh, it, similar to like for example, some characters that were in part three and part four that had been hurt before. They they, they merged someone that was. Um, that was a family member or something like that. Uh, but he had. Uh, he, but for him, it was a personal. It was not more of a personal vendetta. More as a like a professional guy. I think was more. So uh, see, maybe maybe that's also kind of why I I just don't tune into this movie, and it just doesn't hit me in the feels because you know in some of these movies you're invested in the characters like Jason Voorhees or you know from from Part Two or some of the young females or men that are you know you kind of get invested in those characters. Because they are camp kids or, you know, they're like, oh, you know what their background story is. You know that they're just going to camp to have a good time. So you're automatically invested. I wasn't invested in the bounty hunter because I had no really earthly idea why he was really there. And, you know, he was never a part of any other movie. So I really wasn't invested in that character to start with. Well, but that's why. That's, oh, go ahead. But, uh, oh, so- want to go for it. Uh, I was just going to say that basically the reason he was into it was uh, they pretty much missing the uh, coroner or the morgue guy, basically. And then, you know, they were like, okay, you know, uh, I forget what they actually say, but they say that mi- uh, corner missing, two guards killed, uh, all that good stuff. And basically he is the one being hired, essentially, uh, or he tells the... Uh, like the Dateline guy, basically, you know, I'll kill him, but it's going to cost a half million. So, I mean, it kind of yeah. is more of that because the, uh, the, I forget what the exact uh, operation, TV operation was, but the Dateline guy, is what I'm going to call right. him, goes up and he's like, oh, we're going to find him and this is the guy to do it. That's that, But, I mean, his is kind of a professional slash personal thing just because, like, professional because he's doing this for a living – personal because he kind of feels it's oh i'm the perfect you know uh uh creature hunter basically so yeah he looks at this as his ultimate trophy basically in my opinion but but that's why i think that they they really again i think this was also why i think if you think about it they did not mention anything they just mentioned camp i remember they mentioned oh the camp counselors camp counselors camp counselors they never really mentioned anything about any kind of civilian. I think they disavowed anything that was happening after four, even maybe even three. Uh, yeah, because because really well, the the only uh, in, incoming character that is continuous is Tommy. But they didn't even mention Tommy. Yeah. Nope. And he was. So I, yeah. I think there was. I think there was their attempt to say. Okay, this is what he did. He murdered a bunch of kids over the last forty years, and that was part one and part two. And if you go into three and four, because it was on the same lake or something like that, but again, it was as if they were getting rid of the whole history. Why they were doing it? I, again, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, maybe if I rewatch it and just listen to it very carefully, maybe it's the dialogue. But I, I think they were tr- literally trying to do. Uh, uh, again, try to you know just get away from all that the gunk, as they say. But some of that gunk was really good in the past four or five movies. Kind of flesh out new beginnings, if you will. Yes. So, so Mark, you're you're getting ready to head out. You won't be able to join us for the rest of the episode. But before you get out of here, let me know your star rating for this movie in particular. Star rating, it's star rating out of ten. Star rating out of ten. Ten being the best, one being. It, it, a, a week three, how that? Week three. Ooh, a week three. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. And when I say a three, because I'm giving it, again, there are certain stars in there. And if I want to push it to a four, I can do that. The only reason is because, I, I, again, I'm not trying to be critical. But at the same time, it was just, there was no, again, no explanation in the beginning. No continuation from eight to nine. There was nothing to, um, the facil- uh, again, there was no facilitation, like saying there was nothing to show that there was any kind of continuation to those previous movies. Uh, it, it just, I, I felt that it just didn't do it. If you want to talk about um, some of the 
again, actors, uh, Jonathan Lemay, you had Stephen Williams, you had Aaron Gray, um, uh, that were the movies. Uh, I, I just felt, okay, they gave it if you want to go up to a four. But a week three, reason I said a week three is because there was nothing to show any type of continuation from eight to nine. And that was, that, I think that took off a lot of points right there for me. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm not going to give my star rating just yet, but I do agree with your, your uh, review that you can't call something part nine the final Friday and not mention anything about the previous eight films. Makes no sense. Um, but man, I, I want to. You, you said you own the Friday Thirteenth collection. I, I I just got done getting the uh, the Scream Factory box set this time last year, and then I have the ten uh, the Steel Ten box set from like ten years ago. I don't know what it is about me either. I'll probably you know I'll probably talk about it in the very last episode that we do in a few weeks here when we talk the uh, two thousand nine uh, movie. So. What is it to you about Friday the 13th, man, that even though some of these movies are horrendous, if they keep coming out with these awesome-looking box sets or these figures or these masks, I don't know if it's just the, the, the myth about the character, but I'm going to continue to waste money on it because <laughs> the, the, like, the Screen Factory box set to me is by far one of the best box sets I've ever seen. It is it's definitely a, uh, by far one of the best uh, next to Halloween. Uh, the Halloween box set, the 15 box, uh, 15 disc box set was fantastic in itself. Um, so, and again, since I didn't get into the extras yet on Shop Factory yet, so I can't give you a full, but everyone I've spoken to, it was fantastic. Um, you, have you, have you got to open them up and at least look at the discs and look at the inside I, artwork? I looked at some of them, but I, I really want to keep a surprise out of that. No, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Maybe, maybe somehow, because I'm going to do a um, at the end of this fr- this podcast uh, in a few weeks when we wrap up Friday the 13th talk, I'm going to have a uh, unboxing video on YouTube. So maybe then, um, maybe between now and in three weeks, maybe you can open it up and take a look at it. Maybe you can join us, you know, uh, for for something like but, that. Uh, but see, what I like about Shop Factory also is that they do new artwork, but they also inside they give the original artwork and i think that is something that's very key that they do they do a real great job with that that's true Um, that's a that is a very good good point because they bring up like the the irreversible like they have theirs and then they have the uh the old like vhs style box cover art i just you know and and again and nothing against uh shop factory i think i did have a little i did have a little um disagreement with them because what happened was uh, the way there are people that are buying multitudes of these things, the things that like, hey, I can sell it on eBay or I can sell it yeah. they can sell. And it just, I found it just so that because everyone wanted that poster, what might be, I don't know, but it just it was very hard. No, it, it, yeah, I, I, I got to agree with you. They're doing the same thing now. I, I'm trying to pre order the Halloween 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, 4K Shout Factory. Uh, movies plus the vinyl posters, but the vinyl posters have already been sold out. The movies are not sold out yet, but I wish they would put some kind of control on just people out there scamming them up and buying like 15 copies of one item just to turn around and sell it for double, triple the price. Right, and I think that's just it's you know listen they're doing what they're doing to market. I think the marketing is fantastic. It just I, I feel that it just for people that are actual fans. That's where it hurts. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, listen, and they're, they're, you know, I'm still looking for that post, those posters for the Friday 13 one. So it just, uh, I, I did get mine on Amazon. Uh, listen, because I just felt that it was just, I just wanted to get it. And yeah, I saved myself a few bucks. But the, the, the fact is that, you know, if you, the Chow Factory still will send you, and this is just uh, obviously marketing, uh, this is marketing 101. Because they had some issues with some of the discs, they will still give you the rebate on you know, the, the, the the new discs, the replacement discs. Oh yeah. Which is, I think that they they know their fan base, and will, they recognize their fan base, and they will not squint them. They know that people buy it from other places. As long as you're able to identify where you got it from, they're pretty cool about that. Yeah, uh, th- thankfully for me, unless I didn't notice them right off the right off the bat, but I've sat through the whole Screen Factory box set now at least 
on two viewings. So far, I have not had to request any replacement discs. Um, but man, other than that, man, uh, is, is there anything you want to talk about before you head out of here? Um, next week on Monday, we're talking about Dune from 1984. Do you have any thoughts on Dune from 1984? Well, uh, I was talking to my cousin about that because my cousin was the one who introduced me to Dune books back when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, I remember the movie came out, uh, when it first came out, it was very long, very drawn out, but it, it was, it was, uh, again, you have to remember who directed Dune in 1984. Man, I, uh, that's that, the thing though. I love some David, David Lynch movies, but I've never, um, but he was very over, it was, it was very, it was overdone. Uh, the, the sci-fi miniseries I felt was science fiction, the sci-fi channels version was much better. So I've never um, seen the 1984 Dune, and of course we're doing it for our first episode in October, and then we're going to wrap up October with the 2021 version of Dune. I'm going in fresh, open-minded, man. What would you tell me about Dune 1984? Would you tell me to just stay open-minded, or what? Hey, you got any? Yeah, you got definitely open-minded because a lot of people don't appreciate that. Again, it was a very comprehensive book similar to if you think about game of thrones if you ever watch you watch game of thrones but if you ever read the books on game of thrones it's very it, it, it's a very it's a very intense so think about that with dune dune it was a very intensive it was like a world and they're trying to put that all into one book say you have to have an open mind i'm hoping it's all right the new version but uh i i don't know all right, man. Well, I guess that'll that'll probably do it for us here with you, um, man. Until next time, man. I guess we'll uh, we'll just have to hit you up on a on a recent episode coming up soon, and uh, maybe get you in for another conversation. Definitely. Thank you very much for having me again. I don't know, man. Ed, do you think I was being a little too? Do you, do you think I'm being a little too rough on this movie? To me, this movie is worse than Halloween Resurrection. This movie is like a paper cut in between the fucking toes. Um, all toes. I don't know, man. I didn't get, I didn't like the, I didn't like any of the, the characters or the restaurant couple, the hillbilly restaurant like couple. I did not, I could not get into those what, characters. What's the dude's fucking name, man? I know his ass from some fucking Leslie Jordan, man. That, that he, he's kind of funny at times, but I think he's funnier behind an amateur camera than he is a professional camera, to be honest. I just, I don't know. He, he seems funnier at home. I don't know, man. Um, and then I just feel like they maybe tried too much, but I got to agree with Mark. I don't know how you can call this a Friday movie, the final Friday, and not have any homage or pay any respects. Oh, they, they did on the little fucking Dateline TV series is what That's I'm going to call it. But I mean, you know, that was more of a, hey, let's do a 14 second recap on eight movies in, you know, like what? 12, 13 years or something like that of films. So, I mean, they did, but it wasn't really, yeah, it, it, it didn't have the formula. They changed up, you don't change up the Krabby Patty, man. They changed the fucking it doesn't Krabby e Patty. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like a Friday the 13th movie at all. It feels like a knockoff sci-fi made-for-TV version. I mean, Jason's there. And, I mean, I hate, I hate saying that about these because literally Kane Hodder is in these. He's so, in this one. He, I mean, this one. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, it sucks because you get the most recognized, or the most recognized Jason, in you know one of the worst. You know, in he was and he he was only in the getup for like a few scenes. And that's the thing. Not not only that, but that's the thing. It's like some of these are just unwatchable but people were like damn he's taking a lot of punishment so you know he was recognized for that but other than that you know then they kind of throw him to the fucking wayside with uh freddie versus jason like he ain't shit and it was just like damn okay okay cool but i know we didn't get to talk about it at the top of the show um we just got done giving away a nice horror poster yeah um with a bunch of scary movie characters on the cover we have a no time to die giveaway that is girthy it's over 150 dollars in prizes so keep an eye on that it is coming up in the middle of october you'll get um a no time to die poster you'll get a hundred dollar san marcos gift certificate Oof. you'll also get uh 
tickets to go see No Time to Die. You'll get a six-pack of OKC soda, and then you'll get some Raz, Ray's Energy Drink swag. Man. So, so keep an eye out on those giveaways. I'm also giving away um, this past weekend, if you guys were on the social media, I gave away digital copies to all kinds of different brand-new movies. So keep looking out on the social media, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm giving away all kinds of stuff, like always. The Twitter is at Cinnamon405, and then you can keep up with all of my recent watches at the Instagram, at Cinnamon405. Oh, that's, the, that's the Twitter. The Instagram is at Cinnamon Movie Podcast. So just keep an eye on um, keep an eye on the social media. If you guys want to know where you can listen to this podcast at, just click in those bios, and the link tree is in the bio of the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter there, it'll take you to the YouTube page, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Deezer, wherever you listen to podcasts at, we're there. Um, and then you can search the Cinema Movie Podcast now on Prescribed Films. So go check us out on the Prescribed Films Network. There you can uh, find us through iTunes now. So we are growing. We're growing rapidly. Keep just listening to us. We, we appreciate all the downloads that we always get. And all the interactions that we get on the social media. So um, I can't believe we just celebrated our three-year anniversary. So we're now entering year number four. So just keep it going. And we will continue to um, spit out as much content as we can. Um, and after Friday the 13th, we're going to be talking about the Spider-Man movies. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. The Amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield. And then uh, the one Tom Holland movie before uh, no way home. What, what the fuck makes those amazing instead of Toby's or Tom Holland's? Like, what the fuck? We'll find out and we'll talk about it in a few weeks. But all right. uh, all right, man, what did you did you have any favorite kills in this Final Friday movie? Um, not. I mean, honestly, I will say the dude who melted, lost his jaw, and all that. Like that took probably a lot of time to do. Uh, so I, I will say I definitely appreciate the effort that gone into that. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. So I'd, I'd say that, but other than that, not really. Cause it was really kind of eh, on it. I mean, honestly, like, eh. <laughs> but that one was, and I mean, that was technically not even a true kill. That was just, he left the body. So melt motherfucker, because apparently they can't survive the infection or whatever that he gives them. And yeah, it's like a weird fucking, I don't know. I don't have a favorite kill. For the first time in this franchise, in this series, just talking about this podcast. I do forever, though, have a favorite scene. Yeah. And it is going to be the final scene of the movie where you see Freddy Krueger's glove come up and get the mask and go back down to hell. Um, to hell. Hell in a cell. No. Wrong, wrong podcast. Oh, wrong shit. voice. But no. I mean, that's the only light at the end of the tunnel in this movie is... Um, that glove coming up, and it, it may not even have been Robert England's voice or Robert England's laugh, but sitting through, he- you had to get to heaven, you had to go through hell to get to heaven, and that's what I had to do for this movie. I had to sit through an hour and twenty minutes of bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, just to just to have a good scene. And I don't know, guys, email the show. This is the first movie that I can remember in this three-year podcast that I'm just sitting here dogging the entire time. If I'm being too hard on this movie, please send us some emails and let me know what are some positive scenes or some positive notes about this movie. Because I cannot – I watched this movie twice in one week trying to get ready for this episode, and there, there was just no, no way. There's no way I could find anything positive to say about this movie. I mean, you know, budget was $3 million, so they fucked that up. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing, though. That's the, I don't think that's a big deal because the, the budget for these movies are always between one and three million dollars. And they made fifteen point nine. Yeah, they always double make their money back because guess what? We said it at the beginning of this podcast, all the way with episode one. Horror movies make bank at the box office. People will go see horror movies no matter how bad it is. Um, but email the show, guys, at cinemen nine two one at gmail dot com. Let me know. Am I too harsh on this movie? You know, do I need to get if I need to watch it with the fucking subtitles on and the mute button on? What do I need to do? Because I would, I would let, 
I can't even talk. I'm so disappointed in this movie. I'd rather watch Halloween Resurrection back to back than ever watch this movie again. Halloween Resurrection was a fucking Steven Spielberg film compared to this motherfucker. I don't know about that. I mean, don't wrong. It was far better than this. I'm not saying it's good. What about you, Ed? You usually you like any movie, you know. Negative. You always give movies like six and seven stars. So what? 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 I mean, where did this movie fall off for you before we get out of here? Dialogue was bad. Uh, too cheesy. Too fucking. Uh, I don't know. And it just did not set right. It didn't do right. It didn't feel right. It was not. It did not feel okay. It, You've got basically like a group of things sitting there, and then there's that one oddity that's like, why the fuck did I buy this? But you had to buy it because it was part of the group of the objects you bought. That's this movie. And even though you fucking hate that object, or whatever it is, you're like, it's part of the group. So if I ever want to resell this, some other dumbass is going to have this one day. But there's these other eight things that are alright. Or pretty good, or very good, but fuck that thing in particular. And you set it in the closet, you never see it until the day you have to sell it. That's what this movie is. I don't know what the fuck you just said. <laughs> it literally felt like you know how Jay or how Silent Bob hardly makes sense at all because he doesn't talk, but when he does speak, like butterflies sing. That's what happened just now. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or fucking. Um, That's but no. Train ride. Let, let us know, guys, what you thought about this movie because to me it was just it wasn't there. Hopefully next week when we talk Jason X, I know that one's gonna be out there and that one's a little bit bizarre. But uh, if you know that one's near and dear to my heart because it is the first Friday that I've seen in theater. So, uh, like Mark said, Mark got to see all of them in theaters. So if anybody out there has seen this one in theaters, part nine, the final Friday, let us know. And let us know your star rating, um, because I'm giving this movie a 2. Um, this is by far one of the worst movies I've ever seen, horror-wise, or just, you know, in, any kind of wise. This is one of the worst movies I've seen, and I just, I really wanted to dig into it and just talk about it and see why it was bad. But I just, I knew it was going to be a harsh watch, but I didn't know it was going to be this bad again. So, two stars for me. Ed, what about you? I'm going to go with Trace. Um... I'm going to give it a little extra because I've seen a few... Uh, For those out there who don't understand Spanish. Uh, three. Um, and that was horrible, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and actually give it a little tiny bit higher than you just because I see... So you the, agree with Mark. Mark gave it a three. Uh, he, he said he killed points because it didn't follow it. I'm saying I'm giving it an extra point just because literally... Uh, a little bit of effort I seen in some of the deaths or whatever have you, because they weren't really a lot of kills, but there were a lot of deaths. So, I mean, there's that, but there were some kills, and I don't fucking know. But I'm going to give it a little bit of extra just because of the effort, for that matter. I mean, that goes a bit of a ways in my book, because some of it was probably a little hard to pull off correctly. So, yeah, three. So, uh, a two for me three for ed a three and a half for mark um if you guys want to get through and give us your star rating by all means go ahead and let us know your star rating by emailing us at the show c-i-n-e-m-e-n-921 at gmail.com that spells out cinnamon921 at gmail.com um ed man are, are you glad this is almost over there's only two three films left or are you kind of like to me this one took a lot out of me it is what it is like i'm not i'm yeah, I'm good. Either way, honestly. Uh, Jason X, looking forward to that. Goes back to one of the uh, favorite uh, fan favorite kills. Uh, of course, it goes back to a very strange time for Jason. You know, he he uh, he he done it before the Fast and the Furious crew. He went to space, so fuck him, I guess. You know. And then you know, over on Mondays, guys, if you guys are ready to listen to a, a nice full length uh, episode with the girth and segments and brand new top fives by all means tune in monday as we talk all about the 1984 sci-fi film dune um ed what do you think about dune have you have you ever i've never seen this movie have you the only thing i know about dune is that uh dane cook doesn't like it in his chocolate milk <laughs>
that that's it. And that has nothing to do with the movie in any way, shape, or form. So that, my friends, is why Ed is high <laughs> every single fucking time. <laughs> Um, but no, I think it's going to be a decent watch. I don't know what to expect. I think it'll be a fun conversation because Zach has, Zach's went through the books. Um, Craig won't be here for it, but uh, I think it'll be a fun conversation. Ed, make some time in your schedule, though, because it, it is girthy. It is two hours and 20 minutes long. So, uh, it is what it is. But if you guys want to check it out and watch it with us and talk about it and listen to the episode, it is on HBO Max. So go over there on HBO Max and check it out. Dune from 1984 is what we're talking about on Monday. And Ed, our top five Monday, if you guys want to play along, is going to be our top five sci-fi movies from the 80s. Oh, so shit, it should be pretty fun. A lot of movies to choose from. Go through and email us your top five. Um, Ed, but until then, you got anything else you want to add to the uh, Jason Goes to Hell episode? Uh, fucking... I don't really know, man. There's not really much to add. I mean, watch the movie if you dare. I, I don't Which know. is also on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want to check out Jason Goes to Hell and give us your input, it's on HBO Max as well, as well as Jason X. So if you want to keep up with what we're watching, go check them out on HBO Max. But yeah, uh, no, Jason X, can't, look, can't wait for that one. That one, uh, in my opinion, is much better than this one. Uh, but yeah, this is Ed saying I'll see you on the silver screen. All right, guys, and this is Juan. Don't forget, thank you for joining us for this episode. If we're too harsh on it, let me know. I want to know everybody's thoughts and opinions on this movie. Um, but until then, you know, this is Juan saying that we will see you guys and listen to us Monday on Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Because Monday we talk about Dune from 1984 right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast.